This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Tuning into another edition of another Dolphins podcast. Joshua Houts is out of the office today, but the Miami Dolphins are inching closer to a week 15 battle where it seems like their back is up against the wall. Joining me to talk about a divisional battle with the New York Jets at Brian Cat NFL. Cat, a lot has happened since the last time we spoke. Yeah, who would have thought that uh, the Dolphins would lose to the Titans as 14 point favorites and Zach Wilson would be offensive player of the week i mean it's mind-blowing here heading heading into week 15 i think the most disappointing thing for me is i it might have even been the first thing i thought after the dolphins lost on monday night was my favorite stat of all time goes out the window just this the miami dolphins team being such an ironclad lock being favorites at home where it just completely fell apart uh i think one thing we did see come Monday night football is that Miami's home field advantage. Uh, the sun is definitely involved. Yeah, I think so. It seems like they're going to get back to their comfort zone here at, you know, 1 PM Eastern in Miami against the division rival here in the jets. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, crazy that, uh, that, that, that loss happened, but you know, now, now is a real opportunity for, them to get back on track and this game really does remind me of the chargers game from last year that you know the, where i heading into the chargers game last year i mean actually if you go back a week before that was the game where the dolphins were eight and three come out against the niners go up seven to nothing and then they injure jimmy garoppolo they get the ball at halftime they've got the ball up seven nothing in the second quarter and then an hour later it's like the whole thing went out the window 
Um, and this was obviously a greater shock on Monday night when the Dolphins lost to the Titans, but it's kind of that same thing where if the Dolphins can come out of this game um, at 10 and four, you know, that night we're, we're going to be watching the Ravens chart or the Ravens Jaguars game. And the Dolphins are a loss away um, from the Ravens for, from regaining the number one seed in the AFC. But uh, if you take the opposite side here and the Dolphins go up against that ch- tough Jeff's Jets defense and don't come away with a win. Now they're nine and five. And we look at the remaining three games and think that this is uh 2022 all over again. So this is a major, major game here. It can only go one of two ways. And I think the one message from hard knocks that I've really taken away from Mike McDaniel, it's just this level of urgency that we don't want to make the same mistakes we made last year. He's really pushing all his guys. Hey, we cannot like, we cannot let up with just a month left in the season here. Before we get into the game preview, do you think that this is that backup against the wall moment for the dolphins? Do you think this is a situation where we're going to see them not be able to swing back and see the, uh, season really start to spiral out of control for one reason or another. Do you think it's that uh, the ground is that shaky? I should say they would still have three games left and they would still be nine and five if they lost. So everything they would want is still in front of them. But if you can't take care of business against the Titans at home, what makes you think they're going to do it against the Cowboys or the Ravens or the bills in the final three weeks. And that's where, that's where my head's going to be at there. And but hey, the Dolphins are eight and a half point favorites. They're at home, and you can bet that they're that this defense is going to come in angry and want to take out their frustration on Zach Wilson. I think that's a great place to start because when you're scouting through this game, one of the things you realize is that the New York Jets not only put up 30 points last week, they did it against a feisty, feisty Houston Texans team. I don't want to sound like a hater, but Houston always kind of felt like one of those teams that was going to start to fall back down to earth. It's it's really upsetting how it's happened. CJ Stroud getting hurt, Tank Dell getting hurt. Uh, but they seem like one of those teams that were like a year away from being a year away. So I don't want to say that the Jets, Jets came out and were juggernauts. There was actually a really funny stretch in the fourth quarter where I think Newark's final three drives, they combined for negative like nine yards and they scored nine points on those drives just because Houston was trying to score. They'd go for it on fourth down. It was just a really ugly situation. So Zach yeah. Wilson is back in the picture. Last year we had to, or excuse me, a couple of weeks ago, we had to deal with something called Tim Boyle. So where is this Jets offense and how are we feeling about a battle against the Miami Dolphins defense that, Deshaun Elliott's still not practicing. We know Jalen Phillips is done for the year. Jerome Baker's not there. This isn't the same defense we saw just a few weeks ago. Right. Yeah, it's as as far as the Texans game last week, that was a weird game. I mean, it was 0-0 at halftime. Yep. And, and it was pouring there too. So never in a million years did you think that that the of the over would be covered in that game. Um yeah, and it's you know, it's, if you look at the Jets, yeah, scored 30, 30 points. Uh, in weird fashion in the second half of that game. But if you look at the weeks before that, I mean, starting in week eight, when they came off the bye, they beat the Giants 13 to 10. They scored six against the Chargers, scored 12 against the Raiders, six against the Bills. They scored six against the Dolphins because they had the pick six, Um, eight against the Falcons, and then zero in the first half against the Texans, and then scored 30. So you look at the previous six and a half games before that, they scored 61 points. Um, so you got to think you got to, one of two things are true here is that what happened to the dolphins on the final five minutes, is that the beginning of something? And 
um, you got to ask is what happened with the Jets in the second half on offense for them? Is that the beginning of something for them too? I tend to believe that both of them were aberrations. I think the Dolphins defense gets back on track. And I think that Zach Wilson gets back to being Zach Wilson. Houston averaged 2.6 yards per play. CJ Stroud averaged 1.6 yards per pass. Uh, The New York Jets had six penalties. Like this wasn't a a star-studded performance for them. I'm very curious to see, though, if the concerns that the Miami Dolphins have is really identical to what the Jets try to do. Uh, The one thing that you obviously go to right away is Garrett Wilson, DeAndre Hopkins. Right. Well, DeAndre Hopkins, looking at just breaking down those catches there, I mean, one of them, that that 36-yard bomb to him. I mean, Xavier Howard had, had great coverage on him, swatted at the ball and just missed it. I mean... And then you look at, uh, you know, the the other 30-something yard catch down the sideline. You know, Cater Co. who follows a receiver up the field. Uh, there's a coverage breakdown because you've got two safeties out. And he, he the defense unacceptably lets up another long play. Um, so I in, tra- in a traditional format, I didn't see a lot of breakdowns with Hopkins, even though Hopkins had a big game. Um, so now you take that to this game where the Jets have basically – Garrett Wilson taking a, a dominant share of the targets in a similar way that DeAndre Hopkins did for the, for the, uh, for the Titans. I mean, after, after Garrett Wilson, who has 862 yards, their second receiver is Tyler Conklin, who has 506. So there aren't a lot of options there. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, who came along with Aaron Rodgers from green Bay to, to New York. Um, not, uh, major disappointments this year and have been scratches in, in several of these weeks here too. So Garrett Wilson becomes the key to stopping the Jets passing game. No doubt about it. Last week, I thought it was interesting. I mean, I was kind of um, a little surprised to see Devon Achan get nine targets for the Dolphins, but Brees Hall was in the same situation where he was targeted nine times in the passing game last week. He had 86 yards and a touchdown on eight receptions. Brees I'm Hall's curious- a weird guy this year because – you go back, uh, he has not had over 50 yards rushing in a game since since week five. And, um, but the weird thing is he's been more, uh, even though he was not really known as a receiver at, at, at Iowa State or really as a rookie, yeah, he's, like you said, he's been targeted a lot here over the last few weeks. I mean, he's got, I think, 21 catches over the last three games really as more of that dump off option. But he is somebody that if he breaks that first tackle, he's got this, the Jets to turn it on and take it a long way. I mean, we saw that here last year when the Dolphins traveled to New York and Brees Hall had that like 70-yard catch that that really put the Jets up early in the game. So how do you feel about Miami's defense going through this progression, right? It starts, I think, with a passing play. It's going to be Garrett Wilson, first and foremost. I like how Miami can match up with that. They have two, two of the best cornerbacks in the entire NFL. And then we get into a really weird situation where Miami's stat sheet against the Titans, well, Levis was sacked once. PFF had them getting like 19 pressures. They were so close to getting him so many times where I think Will Levis did such a great job of timing Miami's defense where when you don't have, I mean, Jalen Phillips is a, is what a top 15 pass rusher in the league. I know you're asking for a lot, but when you don't have that guy opposite of Chubb, you can find that sort of rhythm. 
the Jets last week, despite putting up 30 points, uh, Zach Wilson was sacked five times. There was six quarterback hits. So this is going to be a situation where it turns into a scramble drill. And we see Zach Wilson. He's getting comfortable finding success, dumping it off to Brees Hall. So how do you think about Miami's um, edge rushers and linebackers trying to really negate Zach Wilson when he gets into that panic scramble mode? Yeah, there's a lot of variables in that matchup with the, the Dolphins' pass rush against the Jets' offensive line. One major factor is they'll have Mackay Becton in this game. They didn't have him against the Dolphins last time. So mm-hmm. you've got a good matchup there with Bradley Chubb. Um, and what I noticed in Zach Wilson last game compared to how he played earlier is that the Jets were more aggressive on first down and that they were getting the ball out quicker. Um, now, granted, the Texans play a little bit more back on defense than the Dolphins do with their corners. So mm-hmm. I, I do think that had something to do with it. So, you know, if if Zach Wilson, I, I think you're going to see him taking the first option a lot compared to how he was playing earlier in the year where he was trying to extend plays so much that it was hurting him badly. Now, um, so I think there, with that, having said that, there could be some opportunities for some interceptions early in the game for the Dolphins. So, yeah, there's the, the key here is is to make sure that you you get up in Zach Wilson's face early in the play and on early downs, because he's I think he's a little more focused on taking what's given to him compared to earlier in the year where he's just trying to make big play after big play. And it wasn't working. Try to make some chicken salad out of, you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you think this Miami Dolphins pass rush really starts to settle in? Uh, they brought Melvin Ingram into the practice squad. Mike McDaniel said that they're going to take it slow with him. I mean, it's the Mike McDaniel speech. He takes it slow with everyone, really integrate them into the system. I don't know how much time they'll have for that, though. Uh, do you think that this Miami Dolphins pass rush will be able to do enough to kind of keep the Jets on their toes? I mean, I just keep looking at Zach Steeler and Christian Wilkins. The amount of snaps those guys play, I mean, it's it's not going to last forever. I mean, it did last year. We saw them with their hair on fire in Buffalo. Uh, but I'm just real curious if there's going to reach a point where, you know, five minutes left in the game last week, you wonder how much of that was that Dolphins defense finally starting to get gassed. Yeah, I, and I, I really don't think they were getting gassed. I, I mean, I think Bradley Chubb said it best after the game, and it frankly disgusted me that, you know, it's natural instinct to let your foot off the gas. I mean, what the hell is that? Uh, yep. it, it'd be this, And now you, you know, this is the second time we're after the game because the same thing happened after the Buffalo loss where players are openly talking about how they needed to play harder. It's like, look. I'm sorry, but this team hasn't won a playoff game in 22 years. They haven't done anything. And, you know, we're off to a good start this year still. But it it was terrible to hear that. And it was mistake after mistake in the Titans game. And they can't let that happen here in this game. But but as as far as the pass rush, look, the pass rush and the defense in general, especially when they're at full health, you know, of course, they're not going to have Baker and Phillips the rest of the year. But other than that, I still think this defense is fantastic. They're great against the run and they only got Will Levis down once last week. But like you said, they had 18, 19 pressure, something crazy. And also too, if you take a look at the first 55 minutes of that game, Will Levis was 14 for 29 for 195 yards, a pick six and a fumble back to the Dolphins 14 yard line. The Dolphins, Will Levis played as well as he could have possibly played in the first 56 minutes of that game. And had nothing to show for it. And then mm-hmm. in the final five minutes, the Dolphins let their foot off the gas. Will Levis goes nine for 11, 132 yards, and leads two touchdown drives. 
it's it's just it, it's it was despicable to see. I'm still not over it. I mean, the the I'm looking forward that much more to Sunday because hopefully it can it can stop the pain. The I, the timestamp leaves me speechless when you see Dolphins four plays twenty six seconds four yards, and then you see the the Titans four plays twenty six seconds sixty four yards and a touchdown. That just seeing those two things right next to each other is what really is that supreme gut punch when looking at how that game went down uh the dolphins i don't think they technically practiced again on thursday i think it was a a few more walkthroughs but for the sake of the injury report here uh defensive players deshaun elliott concussion did not practice uh who was upgraded javon holland was limited again xavian howard was limited after not practicing on wednesday well quote-unquote practicing, and then Andrew Van Ginkle was limited for the second straight day. Of those guys, who do you feel like is most important to monitor? Do you think someone's uh, – you were expecting maybe to see someone be a little closer to playing that maybe isn't? Yeah, I mean, really the two major ones that have a – well, the three major ones, Tyreek Hill, obviously. Um, but – uh, it's it's getting i still think I, I still think hill as we record this here on on uh you know with with a practice left to go i think hill's gonna give it give it a go here it's all hands on deck now and i think because of that armstead plays too he's practiced on a limited basis i think he'll push through but javon holland is really important to get back to i mean if you can get holland back to pair with jalen ramsey and xavier howard it makes them a lot more unpredictable on defense and you know that's that's where the Dolphins' advantage really does have to come from in these final three game, through final four games, where they have the ability with their secondary when they're healthy to overwhelm their opponent and force them to hey, you're not going to throw into tight spots here, you know, for the entire game. And that's also what's so disappointing about what happened in the last four minutes on Monday. Can you um, final question about the defense? Can you kind of uh, walk through the difference here of that secondary when you? Um, you're going to need to be have Brandon Jones involved. Both of these safeties are going to be banged up even if they play. What's the difference of having Javon Holland and Brandon Jones back there uh, compared to having Deshaun Elliott and Brandon Jones back there when you consider Jones's strengths um, as a safety? Yeah, and Jones uh, figures in a lot better. I get, I mean, a lot better than he normally would when playing the Jets. If if this were the Bills, you know, we saw that when Brandon Jones got an extended role when the Dolphins got creamed by the Bills earlier in the year. You know, him covering a lot of ground is not a good idea, but he's a good hitter. He's a good blitzer, and it looks like Vic Fangio is willing to carve a role for him when he's starting. Um, but Javon Holland could do everything, and it, it gives the, the team so many more options in the secondary. You know, and this is somebody that if, is, is really turning into one of the best safeties in the NFL, both, both against the pass and the run. So, it, you know, you saw so many problems happen when Elliott went down, when Holland wasn't available. Um, Hopefully both are available. If I, had to, if I had to bet right now, I'd say Holland plays and Elliot doesn't. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Miami Dolphins are 0-4 when quarterback Tua Tagovailoa is sacked at least three times. Kat, as we flip the page, look at the offense a little bit. Do you see that more as a cause or an effect? Do you see a situation where the Dolphins get into situations where they're playing defenses, where they're a little helpless, and Tua is forced to take a couple more sacks? Or is it just that the Dolphins, the offense, isn't necessarily finding what they need to, and the opposing defense is taking advantage of some uh, open opportunities, I should say? Yeah, good question. This past Monday, to me, was a lot different than the Chiefs and the Eagles and the Bills game, where where the the first three losses, the team got up, and I think it it did have a lot to do with the game flow um, Mm -hmm. with the offensive line. Um, This past week, they, for the first time all season, I, I could say, got whooped by a lesser opponent. Now, a lot of that, too, has to do with the Dolphins were missing four starters on their offensive line, but usually they're able to overcome that. So that, that's going to be the story for the rest of the year because Connor Williams is out for the year. Robert Hunt can't seem to get on the field. I don't see him playing this week either with a hamstring injury. They, they peeled Jonathan Harrison and, and Matt Skura off the street. And I, my money is on one of them starting here this week, probably Harrison with Robert Jones at left guard and, and Lester Cotton at right guard. But, you know, these next three opponents here, the Jets, the Cowboys and the Ravens, I mean, very, very strong up front. And the Dolphins have to, as they did for the first 12 games of the year, they can't let, they can't let that matchup ruin the game. How do you make, how simple can you make it for a center? I mean, we hear Connor, or excuse me, McDaniel preach about Connor Williams all the time, the smarts, you know, how important it is. I mean, what was I, I was in 10th grade in 2010 and I even understood the difference of what Mike Pouncey brought to this offense, just his communication up front. So how simple can you make it when center is such an important position when you have a guy who, man, I, I don't know why people say this, but, but one of those centers came in and said, you know, I was just hanging out watching Netflix. I mean, you got to give yourself a little more credit than that, man. You're a professional athlete. So I, I, I don't know. Yes. Yeah, snap the ball and let somebody else uh, make the line calls. I mean, I, I, th- I think that's okay, okay. that, or you, somebody else on the team make the line calls. I mean, I think that's what you got to do. Otherwise, it's too complicated. Um, would you? Would that be like a? I mean, it, it stinks because he wouldn't be playing. But in a scenario where he'd be out there, would that be Robert Hunt or or who would you look to on that offensive line? Gosh, I mean, you might need Cotton doing it. I mean, because I mean, well, Robert Jones or, or Cotton or you know, they they can switch up the verbiage on offense so that they can communicate in a different way, but. I, I don't see them peeling Harrison off the street and then he's immediately making the line calls. If he did, I'd be wondering he hasn't played an NFL game in the last four years. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's just been practicing those Madden calls all, all day, every day, just to kind of stay on top of things. Where where does this offense find success? Where do you see things becoming simple for them? Because we hear a very disgruntled Raheem Mostert talking about how he feels that the Miami Dolphins really need to be running the football more, especially in the red zone. When you have these offensive line injuries and you're, you know, peeling guys from the street, could a best case scenario be something where 
you have Tua do it and the play calls are all really dumbed down and you make kind of that aspect simple. The plays are a little more simple just so you can execute instead of trying to confuse everyone with a big song and dance, which don't get me wrong. I love watching. Well, yeah, Raheem Mostert should be angry with not getting the ball more inside the red zone because you look at earlier in the game, the Dolphins had the ball inside the what three yard line, third mm-hmm. down twice, twice. And on one of the those plays, and I, I tweeted this here, I mean, uh, on that that fade pass that they threw, which, by the way, is one of three things they need to get out of the playbook completely, completely. is, look, we know Tua can audible into c- certain formations. And look, it, it was a shotgun formation. Raheem Mostert's in the backfield. You look at the Titans' uh, line at that play, or quote-unquote line at that on that play, you don't see any defensive tackles. So they are the Dolphins on offense are telling the Titans that we're going to run this personnel with four wide. And then they, they, the Titans match them and don't put any defensive tackles on the field and you don't audible into a run and just run the ball easily up the middle for it. He would have gone in the end zone untouched. I'm not a second guesser when it comes to play call. Anybody can see that. And we know Tua has the power to do that. So you could tell also by the body language that Tua had no interest in handing the ball off. And hey, I, that's the gunslinger mentality. I get it, but you know, you, you're ta- you've got somebody in your backfield who leads the AFC in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Use him. So I that's kind of the the theme for this game. Where if you look at what the Dolphins did against the Jets last time, 33 carries for 166 yards from their running backs. The Jets haven't let up. Have only let up uh, 166 or more yards to. A, to opposing running backs on a team one time in the last two years. So the Dolphins were able to get it done on the ground last time with these backs. They've got to do that again and and use that to set up the pass because it doesn't look like they're going to be relying on Tyree Kill for 60 or 70 snaps in this game. And if they do, you have to worry about him being ready in the stretch run. And Raheem Mostert last week, 96 yards, two touchdowns. Um, I completely agree with you. I, I'd love to see that. I, I'm a little curious to see how much, um, you know, you look at Raheem Mostert. I mean, his yards per carry is so high. I'm interested to see if the Dolphins became a, you know, top five in rushing attempts offense, how many, how how far things would shrink just because I think the Dolphins do a great job of being opportunistic when they do run the football. So I'd like to see it, you know, flipping the script a little bit, how that really hurt the, the efficiency of the unit. Yeah, and, and I like much they've run the ball lately i just want mm-hmm. them to do it when they need two yards because if i don't have the stats offhand but i mean they've been successful when they do it and just look at after when the dolphins got got the um elijah campbell recovered the punt late in the titans game and when um the botched uh, derrick henry throwback or toss back happened and the dolphins had a short field Raheem Mostert had two very easy rushing touchdowns. And I remember screaming, that wasn't too hard, was it? So just keep doing it. Uh, Look, the Dolphins are number one in points scored. They're number one in offensive yards, number one in passing yards, uh, uh, number one in quarterback rating, number one in yards per play, number one in yards per pass, number one in rushing yards per carry, number one in rushing touchdowns. They do the hard things well. Just run the ball when it's third and one. 
it, it really does feel like that sometimes where McDaniel, you just kind of like want to repeat what he says back to him and be like, are you sure? Like, like, does that make sense out loud? Some things to track here. And, and this is starting to get really concerning. Uh, Devon H. Chan, he missed practice for the second straight day dealing with a toe injury. Uh, I, I think they, there's some of the Twitter doctors are saying it is like turf toe and which is a couple week injury, man. Uh, should we start hitting this panic button about someone like Devon Achan where you're starting to see like the injury concerns and, and you need him to be part of this offense where when he's out there, it kind of feels like the old Golden State Warriors with their death lineup, right? Where everyone could hit threes and they just sprint down the court. That's kind of what the Dolphins had with all that speed is some sort of death lineup and you, you need Achan out there to have that. Yeah. I mean, it seems to be one injury after another with the guy. And I know he's, he's smaller, but you know, we talked about it a few weeks ago when, when he, he came back for the, for the Raiders game, how much should we feature him? And I said, I, you know, I'd, I'd rather he be used as more of a decoy and somebody who touches the ball eight to 10 times a game and don't really throw him in, in the thick of things. And for the most part, the Dolphins haven't, I mean, look against the Raiders, he had one carry and then he got hurt again. And then mm-hmm. he was out the next week. And then he comes back against the commanders and has a 20, 20 touches. Um, and, yeah, this week here he's he only has has 16 and then he hurts his toe. So yeah, it's if it, if it is turf toe, that's nothing to joke with. And and you're talking about him being not maybe not sidelined but severely hampered for the rest of the year. So let's hope for the best on. And then also too another guy to keep your eye on, Chris Brooks. He's been on injured reserve, but the Miami Dolphins did open up the window to return him. So I'm curious to see because. It's so weird to see how things develop in the NFL. I mean, the Dolphins traded a fifth-round pick for Jeff Wilson. Now he's playing one snap, and I think on that single snap he played, I think he was even lined up out wide. So I'm curious to see what, what's happening there, what, what Jeff Wilson's vibes are, and if this is going to be the Raheem Mostert show on Sunday, or if they can get one of these other guys going. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, it's weird with Jeff Wilson. I, I, I like Wilson a lot, and it was odd that he didn't, you know, get more than one snap in the game. Um, it, you know, but as far as the running backs and how they performed were concerned, I, I didn't have a big problem with Mostert and Achan. I mean, they averaged over 5.1 yards a carry in this game against mm-hmm. the Titans. You know, my only complaint is is them obviously not running in, in those two red zone drives. Other than that, I was perfectly fine with what they did. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping Jeff Wilson can come in there and, and pick up the slap, slack, and I think he will. I'm totally sorry. I I wrote this down and I wanted to ask you about it. I wanted to feature this. I completely agree with you on the wide receiver fades in the end zone. Sometimes it does work really well when you time it with Tyreek and it looks a little different, which makes it cool. What are the other two things that the Dolphins must remove from the offense? Um, Stop throwing fade passes, run the ball on third and two, and stop throwing bubble screens to Tyreek Hill. Those uh, (laughs) number three might be the most important because that was that was the play he got hurt on yep. this week. So he got so he caught a, a a pass for negative five yards, got hurt on it. Last week against the Commanders, another bubble screen for negative eleven. Um, against the Raiders, remember a few weeks ago where the Dolphins drive what eighty yards downfield, get a yard of the goal line and a first down, and they threw a bubble screen to Tyree Kill for negative three yard. For the Chiefs game, that was the difference in the game. Stop doing this play. Like you're getting the guy hurt and it doesn't work. So if you take those three things out of the playbook, I think that you solve 90% of the Dolphins problems. 
I think you're right. <laughs> I think you might be onto something here. No, I, I, I think the the bubble screens, I completely agree with. Uh, one crazy, crazy thought I had, and I'm curious. We saw Sed Wilson make an absolute insane catch uh, last week. And I think Josh actually tweeted out that that the percent chance of Tua completing the catch or pass was like 13%. Cedric Wilson had like half a yard of separation in coverage. Do you think that the Dolphins can find some sort of opportunity to maybe make 50-50 balls? God, even even I think if you make them like 58-42 balls, there's such a swing in your favor. Just because of how this offense operates with attacking space, where they can maybe try to throw some more jump balls up and the defense, the way they have to try to keep up with Hill and Waddle, might not be ready to go high point of football. Is that is that crazy talk? No, I don't think it's crazy talk. I think it's a great idea, and we saw why with Cedric Wilson last week and saw it also in the chiefs game when he high pointed the ball for the dolphins first touchdown. And they've also got, you know, chase Claypool who, mm-hmm. I mean, that that's really his, his skill being six foot five and going up at a high point in the football. So no, it, it, to me, that's an aggressive play. And if you can have an offense where you're sending three receivers out on the route, two of which are Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle, but then you've got this, this, you know, this giant third receiver that, Hey, if, if you want to throw a 50, 50 ball to Cedric Wilson downfield and that ball gets intercepted, I mean, obviously I hope he catches it or it comes in incomplete, but I can live with that. To mm-hmm. me, that's like a punt. Um, unless you're Javon Holland and take it back for a touchdown. So no, I'm, I'm completely with you on that. Cat, before I let you escape and go enjoy your weekend, let me get that final score prediction. Miami's back against the wall. Is it over? Are these, is this team doomed? I, I'm going with 2017 Dolphins in this game. A close game and, and a game that could potentially take some years off our life here. But, you know, it, the major matchup I'm looking at is Quinn and Williams going up against the interior of this Dolphins line that, you know, I, I ripped to a pretty good after what I considered his worst game of the year. Looking back at the All-22, it wasn't as bad as I had thought. And we're talking about someone who goes 23 for 33 for 240 yards as the worst game of his, of his, the season here after 13 games. All right. I feel pretty good into a bouncing back here, Uh, but the interior of that line, man, if, if there's, if there's interior pressure against this makeshift line, that's worse than it was in the Titans game when Tua was pressured on 44% of his dropbacks, that is something that can ruin the game. But Overall, I see this this Dolphins uh, defense overwhelming Zach Wilson. Hopefully they get Javal and Holland back to, to help do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one shot out there just to kind of look at the other side of the football. As Christian Wilkins, he wants to get his 10 sacks. He wants to get that big, big contract. And it seems like those sack numbers are the only way to get there. He's at, what, seven and a half right now? I think he could end if you want to go through like the Christian Wilkins guide to making $30 million a year, he did it the first time two sacks against the jets. The jets are starting Jake Hansen. He's making his second career start. He'll be their right guard. I could see something happen there. You know, you mentioned it, Makai Becton, the tackles aren't really where the jets are going to struggle on Sunday. I, I, I'm interested to see how this interior pressure does. I think this could be another day where uh, Zach Steeler, Christian Wilkins get their money made. Yes, absolutely. And, and, yeah, Wilkins, I could see getting to 10 sacks. Um, Zach Steeler, I think, is having a phenomenal year, too. You know, he had the, has, has a pick six. Might get to three touchdowns. Who knows? I mean, Monday. what he had one last year. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. You had the touchdown last year in the playoffs too. That's right. Um, I mean, yeah, I think that's a major matchup. You're right. Where if you flip it around, not only in pass rush situations can can the Dolphins push, can Wilkins and Sealer push those interior linemen back. Uh, you know, you mentioned Jake Hansen, who was kind of pulled off the street as well. Um, but also, you know, Joe Tidman's a rookie and Lake and Tomlinson left guard pretty good player but you know overall they have a weak offensive line so not only that but they also have the ability to make the jets one dimensional in this game too because i mean the jets haven't been able to get anything going on the ground um for the last two months like i said before Brees hall hasn't eclipsed 50 yards in the last two months and you look at that the last game when when the dolphins played the jets seven carries for 25 yards out of Brees hall so if you can hold them, if you can stifle them against the run and push that pocket back, yeah, that's that's a major thing to look out for too. Thursday night football is kind of bleh, but we got an entire weekend of NFL football. I'm very excited for it. Kat, thank you so much for being here. Be sure to hit the follow button on X on Twitter. You can find him, Brian Cat NFL. Thank you all so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. We will be back early next week to recap Miami's hopefully, hopefully, hopefully win over the New York Jets. But until then, peace out.